Holy shit. <laughs> That's how I'll open the show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is going to turn into, but I can't wait to find out. Welcome to the Corn Tigers podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts here, one of them, Craig Laporte. Craig, how are you? I'm fantastic, gentlemen. I hope you are all doing well. I am really looking forward to this. It's going to be something else. I'll tell you what. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the podcast you want to take home to mom, but, uh, but we'll see. Ty, how are you? Dan, I told you before the podcast I wanted to be referred to as Scruffy Three Ways. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scruffy, scruffy three ways. How are you, homie? Fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I revert then and actually go with my Shaggy Two Balls name? Yes. All right. So Scruffy okay. Three Ways and Shaggy Two Balls join me, Dan Hurt, on this podcast. Because <laughs> I'm not using a ridiculous name, guys. Come on. You got a lot of growing up to do. What, um, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> this- we didn't pick this shit. Oh, I know. I know. Hey, you know what? This is, and and we should let's let's just go ahead and get right into this. We picked four. We didn't pick. I I forced upon you. I forced upon the co-hosts here. Um, the the I think the the interesting at the very least. Nineteen ninety nine, <laughs> the amazing Jekyll Brothers album by the Insane Clown Posse. Uh, so l- let me ask you: were, were, Did you guys? First impressions of the album, or or before we even get there, what did you know about the Insane Clown Posse before this experience? Sure. My uh, limited Insane Clown Posse, uh, heretofore referred to as ICP, to save us all some time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my ICP exposure was limited mostly to them blowing the fictional, fictional character Ken Kniff on the Marshall Mathers LP. It's a height um, of rudeness, Craig. The very the, the only thing that you had to reference is a rude joke between uh, uh, by Eminem about these guys. Is that it? That's all you had? Yes, I mean I have vague awareness of them because they are uh, three as three boys who grew up in the Windsor, Ontario area, right across the river from Detroit, as I'm sure we've mentioned numerous times. Um, Southwest Detroit and, and Michigan and Detroit culture, uh, we do get a lot of exposure to it, and these guys mm-hmm. were. Uh, kind of a niche, I feel, uh, now that we've stepped outside of that bubble. Uh, they were niche celebrities in that area, but uh, that's that's kind of where I first learned of them. Ty, how about you? Uh, well, I'm ashamed, I, even less than that, to be honest. I didn't wow. know they were from Detroit. In fact, in one of these tracks, they said something that made me kind of go tip my head and go, what? And that's when I found out they were from Detroit. They said two things. The first thing I glossed over in the second one, they mentioned Fago and the Rouge River Drawbridge. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Detroit I, Southwest Murderers Die, I think, is a lyric somewhere. In I there, don't but. remember which one of those I heard first or and second, but the second time I heard one of those two, I thought, oh, I need to look into where these guys are from. <laughs> I knew nothing. I knew they were clowns yeah. that rapped, and I knew z- literally nothing else about them. How about wow. a track 13 Zug Island shout out? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I might have missed right. it. Yeah. Now yeah. that was that was in the Shaggy Show. We don't want to. I think that was in the Shaggy Show. Sorry. We don't want to get uh, too far ahead of things. Um, so I, I, I think this brings us to the. Oh, hang on! Before we get into the actual content, do we need to do like a social media update? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> do, do, I, I almost hit the button. Are we okay. sure? 
Do, do we have a G's mail? I got the button. Uh, go ahead and hit it. Oh my God! G's mail. There's no G's mail. <laughs> Not even long enough to take a sip. Oh, you got me. You got I, me. I am gonna go out on a limb too and say that G will not be listening to this ICP album. And we don't know that. We don't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She didn't watch yeah. Mean Girls. I feel like this is a little further <laughs> outside of that. Uh, that. About like you say, it is a sort of a local thing in Windsor. She may have, she may own several of these di- CDs from. Are you saying that G might be a juggalo? Yeah, m- maybe, possibly. Wow. Wow. We worked with someone else at that store who was definitely one. <laughs> a little bit of inside I, baseball there. Um, I, <laughs> oh boy. I'm, making a, I'm making a note to ask you after we're done. I want to know what name you're thinking. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, uh, all right. Let's let's move on then. So so does that that bring us to a why I picked it segment? I think I think yes. this brings us to a why I picked it. Do we have a draw for that? Should you should I hit the button or do you actually have something Jesus to say for this? Christ, hit the mm. button. Why, Why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, There's bombs okay, so all over this podcast so far. <laughs> I had for about three weeks, I had a different thing lined up for my selection. And then somehow this uh this album just popped itself back into my head. This was an album that I had purchased. Uh it is it is the only rap album I have ever owned. And I don't know why I went so deep into the weirdness of, of rap in any way, but I owned the, the amazing Jekyll brothers album uh, probably in my early twenties. And I thought it was, I thought there was some really good stuff on there and I'm still convinced there is. I can't wait. I can't wait to find out where you guys stand on this thing, but it's, it's, it's really hard, I think, for anybody to get into it that even just like it's almost like, I don't know, eating uh, a raw octopus. Like, I'm sure somebody out there is super into it. Right. But but for there is not a single reason why anybody would see it and say, this is a good idea. You know what I mean? Like, sure, it just yeah. wouldn't even cross somebody's mind to think, yes, this combination of these kind of like fucked up clown looking weirdos spraying everybody with Fago. This is going to be a good idea. Let's yeah. see what this, I'm just going to dabble. I will you know? also say that we're now three guys after we're approaching 40 years old. Yeah. And you're saying you listened to this and discovered it the first time at a much more uh, formative and maybe impressionable thing. Uh, time that in your sounds life, right. That sounds right. Yeah. The music that I listened to around that same age, I still think is incredible, but if I stumbled into some of it now, maybe I wouldn't. Uh, different mindset, different time in your life, right? Different tastes. Uh, I had a lot of trouble with this. I'm hoping Thailand's somewhere in the middle. That, that being said, Thailand? I do have some notes. <laughs> I do hope um, – uh, sorry, I do have a list of things that I did like on this album, and there are some things. But there is some overall conceptual stuff with the Insane Clown Posse that – the more I delved into it as I listened to this and read online, mm-hmm. the more I just wanted these people to disappear from the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, I'm glad I didn't do that because I kind yeah. of I, – I am sort of in the middle, I feel like, because I – the only rap that I listened to was um, a couple of my friends uh, that you guys have met. Uh, we went to – we went on a road trip to Toronto once and – one of those guys just whipped out the Snoop Dogg doggy style 
Amazing. CD. Yeah, and Never I appreciated it. it for what <laughs> for what it was, which was hysterical. You know what I mean? Yes. There's some good there's some good music in it, but the lyrics are hilarious and it doesn't take itself too seriously, although I might get shot for saying something like that. But um <laughs> murder was the case. Yeah, but uh but I loved it. And then um a few years later, I think, uh the two one three album I also Bought. I haven't bought much rap outside of that either. Um, but about five or six in, tracks into this, it suddenly clicked with me that this was um, there was satire in this, and it didn't. There was some funny things to be said that they were saying that that uh, I, I laughed at, and I thought mm-hmm. was cool. And uh, I, my my twenty one year old version of myself definitely would, would be laughing a lot harder. Yeah. But um, but I, I could see where you're coming from on it for sure. So there's obviously a ton of spectacle. Like they're almost 85% spectacle, you know, yes. and, and 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 very heavy on the gimmick thing because they 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 stay pretty they 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 ride that fago clown line pretty hard. Um, and they don't deviate from that, but, and that, that's where it's, you'd mentioned there's some, like some tyrical pieces in here. There's obviously poking fun at themselves and each other. And even in the most serious, what I think are actually, I'm going to, I'm going to get fucking real weird and say borderline beautiful song on this album. Oh my God. I know I'll say it. Um, but they even start that a most serious song in a way that makes them poke fun at themselves. That better uh, and- not be love song. Another love? No, it's not. Um, But one of the things that I really wonder about is is how much are these guys actually talented? Because there's a good chance that they're actually talented. There's another chance that maybe they're just slightly talented. They've churned out a bunch of stuff and they happen to have some good things that have happened. And Mm -hmm. then maybe part of me wonders how much of the spectacle – had somebody that might have been a talented producer, you hear his name mentioned, Mike E. Clark, um, mm-hmm. who has a little a little bit of a, an on and off thing with them, apparently based on the Wikipedia article about them. But um, if is this the result of a good producer and and other good supporting people because they're like, oh, these guys are a gimmick, they're interesting, maybe there's something there. So I, I don't know if there's like a gravity to that that brings them talent that they don't actually warrant. You know what I mean? Sure. Dan, I'm actually glad you raised that because as I started to listen to this, uh, uh, as I got a few tracks in on my notes, I, I started to kind of segregate the music from the content of the lyrics. Yeah. Because musically, there's a lot of stuff on here that I really like. Where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this, you know, the the beats good. The, everything about the the, the sounds musical good, aspect, yeah. the sound of it. I was like, man, this this is good. This is obviously high quality stuff. This isn't a guy in his basement on a laptop, you know, today. Uh, who just bought a beat program. Like the producer yeah. obviously knows what he's doing. And, you know, even the, uh, I, I'm going to sound so disingenuous here, but like to listen to these guys flow, like the, the, the cadence of their rap, like yeah. occasionally they do some stuff where I'm like, Hey, this is kind of good. And other times I'm like, did a six year old write this? Like, it, <laughs> it was one extreme yeah. to the next for me. Like there was uh, uh, you know, I don't, what was the, there's uh, ironically the song terrible. I was like, this mm-hmm. is such an outlier on this album where I, I, I don't want to say like, I would listen to this outside of this album and I'm, it's going to go on my Spotify list and come up on random, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that song came and played. And I was like, 
where is that the rest of the album? Because that was yeah. really good. Well, and w- so there's a couple things that it's about an album like this and a group like this that I find is really interesting. And and I would wager they don't get a lot of radio play. You know no, what I mean? No, they don't. They so, acknowledge that in a song, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's because of that, like you see certain bands and another band that I happen to love doesn't get a lot of radio play. And there's actually, I don't want to draw too many parallels between ICP and Clutch. Um, but there, <laughs> oh there, my there, God. there are we, a couple of here things. Here we go. No, there's a couple of things that are interesting. What t-shirt are you wearing right now? What t-shirt are you It might be a right Clutch now? t-shirt. Fucking I have like four hell. t-shirts though. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a it. one in four chance. Um, go ahead, do your Clutch thing. <laughs> well, so, so here's what I'm saying. Uh, that there is... <laughs> There is something to be said for the cult following that these offbeat, non-radio friendly bands have Mm -hmm. that seems to, you know, I I almost wonder if it's like the internet of today, because in the internet of today, you can get any, what do they call it, micro celebrity? I think I've heard that term before, where you get these little fucking weirdos that are on YouTube that are doing their makeup tutorials, and they have a million followers. You would never be able to fill a room just randomly, probably with 16 people that would be interested in it. Unlike like a Beatles fan, you go anywhere, then you say, oh, Beatles. And then you're going to have like a hundred people there in like half a second. Right. Um, So I think there's that weird little celebrity thing that these cult bands somehow picked up. Uh, And then the other thing that I think is interesting about them uh, specifically, and I can't speak too much about all their other albums because this, again, the only album that I ever owned by them. Um, But they have this this significant story influence to their thing. They have characters that they sing about in about a quarter or at least a third of the songs. Um, Like the song is about a character. It's not just a song about, you know, hanging out and we're we're all the bitches and all that. Some of them are like that. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things where they- fat titties and fat asses. Yes. Well- as long as her name's Bridget, I think it has to be Bridget. Um, uh, he ain't going to die unless it is Bridget. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. So that's, that is the very, very long version of kind of why I picked it. I find these guys interesting. E- even if people don't think they're good, there's enough there to be something there. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Um, you know what's nice about this show that we do? Hmm. I would have listened to this for about 30 seconds and yeah. shut it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I didn't have to listen to it all, I wouldn't have um, heard, you know, what ended up being tracks I liked. So yeah. this is kind of the nice thing about this show is forcing us to to listen to the entire thing, yeah. <laughs> regardless of what we would have done on our own. Like, fuck the world might be my new favorite song. <laughs> it's, you know what, though? I, I, it's pretty good. <laughs> it is. It's really good. <laughs> So, okay. I don't know where all this love was when I picked Tech War, guys, to be frank. Um, but oh, well, it's not that's all love here, Dan. I am absolutely <laughs> – my eyes just rolled out of my fucking skull when you talked about the underlying story <laughs> bullshit that these guys have tried to bake in. This whole story with the, the, the five Joker cards across yeah. five albums. And really what it adds up is – Two is they added like three lines in each album and are trying to sell it like they're fucking like geniuses telling this overarching story. But don't you between, think from in what, between in the, the fuck fat bitches jokes and I'm gonna kill your fucking mother? But yeah. don't you think it's a there's a possibility there that 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 in itself is kind of the joke because a lot of rap albums have overarching 
little stories, self-contained stories. Like there's these 10, 20 second tracks that I've heard in between tracks. And it's, it's sort really? of a story that draws out of, oh yeah, many times over so the course I, this, of an album. This I don't know because this is the only album, uh, album well, I've I only owned a handful, yeah. but like, it's like I said, but I've heard a few and this is not uncommon, at least in, I don't know if, if they cross five or six albums, but I've definitely heard in, um, in rap albums, a little storyline that sort of cuts through the course of the CD. And I kind of took that. I did read a little bit about it after I listened to the album of what you're talking about. Mm. And I just assumed it was sort of their jokey version of what is kind of, I'm not saying they're trying to be weird Al of the rap world or something, but I, they're, you know, they're, I just don't take it too seriously like that they're actually trying to make a point or anything i think they're just trying to in my digging i found that juggalos take this very seriously they think this is like a fucking bible of and these guys are just okay super layered storytellers i kind of got that impression too but then i read i read this review of this album that i I I, th- I figured we might need content for this podcast, so I just stole it. <laughs> safe, safe move. <laughs> now, if you, I'd like to read this, and you tell me if this guy is serious or not. Sure. This is definitely a juggalo. I don't think that's in dispute. Okay, this review is from Jimmy T. It was hang, written- hang on, hang on. We need to clarify what a juggalo is for those that aren't uh, for the uninitiated, right? Sorry, uh, so like these morons. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, I guess that um, sums it up. Back to you, Ty. Back this to you in was, the studio. This review was written uh, in the around the time this album was released, okay? By Jimmy T. I think this is on Amazon I pulled this from. Let me give you some background info. My name is Chris Sands. Now, already that doesn't really jive with the username. Um, <laughs> I like to play football and the skin flute. Okay. I am very musically okay. inclined. So when I heard about Insane Clown Posse, I had to purchase it. This CD has the deepest and best lyrics, especially in one of the finest songs, Jake Jekyll. I love this CD just because it makes me feel like I am in a circus. When they talk about stabbing in the stab song, I am like, whoa, that stab song is stabberific. I love listening to this CD in the dark because I can dance wearing my grandma's girdle. What are we doing? The ICP from PCI. I am one of the most hardcore people who listens to this hardcore music. ICP, I don't deal with corn or biscuits. ICP for life, except for maybe next year. Oh, by the way, I like ICP because they wear cool hats and pants. And there's the review. I don't know what wow. I'm supposed to well, Wow. So I, I do want to talk about Ty's review quickly, but I also, I was very dismissive of Juggalo as a, a term, but I do think it's important. It's significant. This is a legitimate group of people who are heavily invested into the culture of this group and the culture of this group has a lot of wings to it wings some of them that i respect a lot more than their music Uh, these guys are legit wrestling fanatics who have done legit professional wrestling um they've run their own events where real professional wrestlers that you see on tv will show up and partake like as far as being promoters and driving this grateful dead-esque culture of you know uh their demographic they're very good at what they do i don't want to be totally dismissive of these guys even though i think like yeah. i said some of these songs to me sound like they could be written by a six-year-old and if you're in the mood for whatever the word fuck 97 times on fuck the world you know i get it people people like different things music is such a a, a personal thing where 10 people who like the same movie could sit down and none of them will like the same songs and it's so 
individualistic yeah. and nobody knows what determines that thing that makes that song resonate with you. But these guys have obviously struck a chord deeply with a large swath of people. And I, like I said, I don't want to be dismissive of that because that's that's good because we don't thing. want to take you to task about Oasis lyrics for the next ten minutes. <laughs> and how, how, how they don't make any fucking Speaking sense. Of well, <laughs> no, they, Noel Gallagher legit wrote songs with a rhyming dictionary, and I thought it for a while that these guys were too. That thought crossed my mind. Also, I was going to mention Oasis already earlier in this podcast when Dan was talking about uh, kind of the, the following of this group and that it's yeah. it's very niche. But to me, it's just a band thing. It's not necessarily uh, – I wouldn't even say it's internet-driven because I was big into Oasis until the day they broke up, which was like late uh, – the late – like 2008, 2009, I think it was. And they weren't getting radio play at that point, right? Like, sure, you're going to hear Wonderwall. You're going to hear uh, you know, the hits from the early 90s, but they still have – you know, they're not called juggalos, but they have these people who that's their band and you're going to follow them. You're going to hear the new songs. You're not going to hear them on the radio. Yeah. Uh, but I, It's so not the you, same because these guys never no. got the same radio prominence. I get that. But yeah. that's more indicative of the 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 type of music that they make in the lyrical content. It's yeah. just never going to happen for them. There's never going to well, be a song that says fuck 40 times on the radio. Yeah. It talks about. I, you know, Eminem's most of his songs don't go on the radio, and he's sold millions of records. This record, by the way, went platinum in the U.S., which means it sold a million mm-hmm. copies. They had a couple of platinum albums, didn't they? Yeah, I, I think. believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure why you keep blowing Eminem here, uh, Craig, but you seem to have this. <laughs> These guys like... are directly tied in my mind because one introduced yeah. me to the other. Well, okay, so let me let's I want I want to clarify a couple things before we get too far. And actually, let's do a couple tracks or let's talk about a couple quick tracks and then I'll I'll clarify a couple things. So the intro uh, to go to the story idea and this might carry through to other albums that they've had. But the intro is it's called intro and it's it's uh, it's a guy walking into a so it's like a a, not a skit, but a story. Uh, A guy guys walking into it's not a story. What, What would you call this? Like a. Like a play, like a short play thing. Yeah, this is the type of thing that I I had. Uh, this is what I was referring to when I said I'd heard yeah. this, this kind of thing in a lot of rap um, albums. Is this a sort of intro where it's a skit almost? Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, let's call it a skit. Then it's of course not uh, not high school players, but probably not far off. Um, so a guy walks into a antique shop and uh, the proprietor eventually gifts him a candle uh even though the guy is very dismissive of the whole situation he uh and then and then which this is what i wonder about this i wonder the layers here gentlemen uh and then the proprietor lights the candle and that's the moment where everything goes very like carnivaly and really bizarro. So should we assume like this whole idea is a whole psychedelic trip? I don't know. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe I'm taking a psychedelic trip, figuring this shit out. But um, it was it was a bizarre little vignette that gets us into the introduction to Jake Jekyll, one of the two brothers. And there's really not too much to the, uh, the, the Jekyll brother introductions, but- one thing that's notable, I guess, is that they try to do the yin yang thing between the two brothers, and Jake is the uh, the more positive of the two. I think, right? The story, uh, as I understand it, is that these are two brothers who are juggling your soul at all times. One of them is the light; go. one is one is the dark. The and the dark brother is constantly trying to throw <laughs> throw more balls at the other brother, <laughs> and if he drops one of the balls that he's juggling. 
you uh, you're going to hell, basically. That's the so, overall mythology, according to you know whatever website I found that on. That seems like something, though. That seems like something that maybe they're trying to hit something a little bit heavier. And you, Craig, you had made a crack before about uh, Norse myth, like having a creating your own uh, Shaggy Two Balls character, and there was some North mythology pieces going on in there. But you know, who <laughs> I had, had a backstory a uh, as well. Dan, don't dismiss oh, my I'm sorry. character back. I didn't, we'll I didn't do that know as that. a segment later. We can make a segment. Okay. Explain, your, explain your SCP character. <laughs> but you know what's funny? You know who has a lot of Norse, Norse mythology and like just gen- generic myth shit into their music? Is Led Zeppelin. And okay. they were probably pretty popular with a similar sort of age demographic that these guys are. You know? They so also I think- didn't talk about, you know, <clears throat> pussies and tits and stuff too so it's a it's a tough uh I'm, it's a tough I'm not mix saying for it's, me i'm not saying it's one-to-one i'm just saying <laughs> well, i feel were, as though they're reflections of their generations and their there you go perhaps where they came from yeah, yeah if the fair, guys in uh, in led zeppelin grew up in detroit on zug island maybe there would be some overlap <laughs> be a little there. different yeah they no. say, <laughs> saying a line about getting knocked down and obviously getting fingers stuck in their ass <laughs> <laughs> This that's that's from the song Why that I referred to as beautiful at, earlier. Yeah. Craig, you're just you're not looking deeper into the lyrics of what the fingers in the ass means. Okay, okay. Um, so I thought they just, were being literal, not proverbial. Fingers <laughs> in the ass. Yes, there you go. Can See, it be now both? that you even said that, ex- now that you've said it, don't you feel silly? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. Anything else that you guys want to mention about the intro, or Jack Jekyll? I'm just happy Craig's got his proverbial fingers out of his ass. Well, don't <laughs> get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings I really, us to- Sorry, I really wanted the guy in the intro to be Rick Moranis, but it wasn't. But it sure sounded like him. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What did we get? Okay, so the, uh, the next track is called Bring It On. Which is okay. It's it's kind of just a high energy, uh, obnoxious uh, song. What did I wrote here? I wrote lots of death. Uh, yeah. And th- this talks about the five cards a little bit more, so it uh, gives yes. a little bit more explanation of the mythology. Uh, hypnotize you like a vampire. Um, oh, Dan is going to rap now. I <laughs> I listen to this album a lot. You know, I if I had more pay. rap albums, maybe I would have spread it out a little bit more. You know. Uh, See, I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't there yet. Uh, While well, well, listening to this, I was still like, I'm oh, not sure. feeling this at all. Yeah. Until the next track, I want my shit. Then I started getting on board. Okay. Okay. Let's let's get there real quick. But one thing I want to clarify is on Bring It On, I think what they established is that, is that these guys are, uh, I, I wrote the phrase down, supernatural lowlifes. Because that, that, that feels appropriate. Because they're, like they're shitty. Like as it comes super naturally? Or supernatural? Oh no, supernatural! Like okay. because the guy mentions pulling out. So um, he mentions getting shot by silver bullet bullets, and then he'll pull the bullets out and get get uh, like pawn them to get paid, essentially. Sure. So so they have supernatural abilities, but they're still just douchebags, basically. Um, that doesn't make them special in any way, aside from the fact that you can't really kill them. Uh, okay, so let's talk about I want my shit, uh, Ty. What were your? Uh, why did this one turn you a little bit? Because I I started to get the joke. <laughs> I remembered why I liked the rap albums in my early twenties, and mm. I and I felt I felt it was here in in this track. Yeah. It was it was funny. It was kind of stupid. The lyrics were good. I kind of liked it, like uh, references to Fago and I, I I don't have hair on my nuts. That kind of stuff. Yeah. 
I wrote that as a lyrical highlight. 50 years pass, all my homies are old ass old fuck. Old as fuck. I ain't even got hair on my nuts. <laughs> uh well so to give context to that and why he doesn't have hair on his nuts uh so he he uh, the story's about a guy well the story's about violent jay actually who was born in 1775 right. and he just ages super super slow kills somebody goes to prison and is there for like i think 85 years um, right, but then, but well, as he's describing the different phases here, yeah, Shaggy Tudo actually calls Violent J out. Yes, and it's like, so, hey, they, what was it about the Mac Ten? Yeah, and he was like, uh, <laughs> going in the Civil War with like a Mac Ten. He's like, yo, yeah, he goes, man, man they didn't this have shit that sound shit real. Back then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the track, just say hey, yeah. you sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this was great. This was exactly what I liked about the rap I listened to when I was younger. Um, Cause I didn't like, I don't like, I never liked uh, Eminem cause every, I know he had more to it, but a lot of the tracks I heard from Eminem were about like, people thought they were funny about, you know, I think his ex or his mom and stuff like sure. that. But, um, but I kind of took them as, Oh, this is kind of too serious. This is not, this is not like jokey subject matter. This is real mm-hmm. shit. This is fucking stupid. Like yeah. this is this is easy to laugh at because it's not talking about real people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, uh, unless since Bridget's we're... real, I, I'm not sure. Uh, okay, so the, the 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 song is called "I Want My Shit," and there are three things. Um, Craig, do, do you want to list them off? Uh, the three things that uh, that Violent J seems to want before he'll actually die. He won't die until he gets these three things. Craig, do you know what they are? Oh, hold on, I don't have. No, I, I don't. Have I know. List. Go ahead. Die. What are they? Uh, he wants a rusty axe. Yep. And I had to look this up because I couldn't understand what the hell he was saying. Yeah. Uh, he wants to know voodoo. Yep. So he wants to learn the art of voodoo, the the dark art. Um, and then the third thing. Uh, the was, fat bitch. Yeah, the fat bitch named Bridget. That's the only one I remember. Fat oh, bitch so Bridget, yeah. Swoop in there with that one. Sorry. Uh, but, <laughs> um, also, uh, some Fago would be nice, I think, yes. was the fourth. Yeah. So a rusty axe okay. to know voodoo, a fat bitch named Bridget, and a little sip of Fago. As certain was, guys uh, who don't live in the area anymore, I think we all appreciate a good Fago reference in our life every now and again. Yeah, and I didn't know Fago was a, a local thing out there oh, until yeah. I moved out here. So, you know what? That reminds me that we should probably clarify for those unfamiliar again, because there are so many regional references in this. Yes. Uh, Fago is just a cheap pop that is from Detroit. Like it's it's just like two liter bottles of cheap pop, no, and the reason three no? liter bottles, three liter three bottles, liter bottles. Yeah, but no way. The Vegas changed. Um, so and and you know what? This is one of those things where y- you guys you said you did a little re- a bit of research here and there after the after listener during listening, uh, and I did research as well that really kind of pulled me in both directions, like. Oh God, these are fucking douchebags. And then like the, oh, maybe it's just a gimmick. I don't know. But like the Fago thing makes me very uncomfortable because I, I watched immediately after finishing the album through, I went to like whatever the suggested video was and it was from their amazing Jekyll Brothers tour. And it mm-hmm. was them on stage just opening up bottles of Fago, yelling into microphones and spraying the audience with Fago. And that and just the audience seems, loves it. That makes me so uncomfortable. Just yes. being sticky is like, oh, God. Uh, uh, we're learning about Dan today. Yeah. Not on board for that. I'll tell you that much. Uh, okay. I, I will not be going to a <laughs> gathering, but um, that is. Uh, what if no, what if Clutch sprayed you with Mountain Dew? Would that be all right? Well, yeah. Well, I guess it's caffeinated, right? So there's, that's, there's, there's a perk there. <laughs> I can find the reason why I'd like that. If you're, if you're asking. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> hey, so uh, you guys uh, just can't seem to uh, get off your knees for Eminem on this one. So why don't we talk about him for just a second? Um, Jesus and, and Christ. This was, yeah, no, apology accepted. But um, I, I just feel like this is turning into an Eminem podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, yeah, that's you, not what you're doing a good job of making that happen right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sorry I mentioned his name twice in the previous 30 the, minutes. Uh, <laughs> the Eminem ICP feud um, seems to come from 1997. I looked, and this was on Wikipedia. You guys can look it up too. But uh, it, it seems like when he was still a DJ that was or, uh, an MC or whatever the fuck, I guess these guys are before they become something, um, he was trying to put together like a, a release party for something. And he was handing out posters, you know, as the kind of the grassroots sort of level stuff does. And so he had his own poster and he handed it out and it said, what did it say on it? Where is it? It said maybe ICP or something like That's that. That's right. And the flyer read featuring appearances by Esham. I don't know who that is. Kid Rock. I know who that is. And ICP parentheses, maybe close parentheses. And then when, uh, so they seem to find found each other, um, at a show somewhere and Eminem asked them to come and they're like, well, what the fuck, man? Why'd you put us on the flyer? And he says, well, it says maybe uh, like, I, I don't know. Maybe you'll be there. Maybe you won't. Can you come? And they're like, no, I'm not coming because you put it on the poster before you even talk to us. So fuck off. Um, so to me, that hmm. gives them a little bit of credibility in the sense that uh, and, and it kind of maybe highlights the. I have to side with Eminem on this one from the what? version that you just gave okay, me. Well, technically he, he accurate put, maybe. To, to say ICP, maybe technically accurate, um, but also presumptuous. Maybe. Two guys who clearly have a lot of that shtick and humor in their bits. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Who didn't seem to get the joke as far as, you know, it, it could mm. be that way. Like, you're oh. giving, you know what I mean? Like we're giving ICP a lot of benefit of the doubt that they don't take this <laughs> stuff as seriously as they sound like they do. Yeah. Uh, but they're taking this super seriously. Maybe right. on a poster in parentheses. The prosecution you know, seems rests. like a joke to me. <laughs> well, it holds together pretty well. Um, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's jump ahead to the next track, which is called uh, "Bitches," uh, appropriately. <laughs> and this is this, I love your, this is the whitest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tune in to bitches here on the the Corn Tigers podcast. Virtue and the Jerky Boys, an old dirty bastard. Uh, This has a great backstory. A great backstory, Dan. Do you have the backstory on this song? I don't know enough of it. Will you tell me more? Uh, ICP uh, contracted out. I guess this is how the rap game works. Uh, They sent some material off to uh, ODB, old dirty bastard. uh, R.I.P. ODB. Um, He's dead. I believe so. Is this um, he's the RIP of the episode? He is, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, ODB's dead. Um, we need a jingle for this. I they think. sent him some money. Yeah, that, that's it. We should have an RIP drop for sure with a bomb at the end. Obviously, um, <laughs> <laughs> they had sent him uh, some context for the song. I believe they sent him uh, the track as well, the music track, and asked him to contribute. For the a fee of thirty thousand dollars, isn't so that what, something? So what he wrote back was such ridiculous gibberish that had nothing to do with what the original song was about. Uh, they suspected it was a crack-induced rage because he was known to be <laughs> on the crack at that time. Uh-huh. So ICP took what they got back to their producer Mikey Clark, 
And uh, the song Bitches was born out of it. Um, <laughs> in an interview, Violent J told, I forget what the magazine uh, was quoted in the article. Violent J said he forgot what the original song was even supposed to be about. But here it is, track five on the album. <laughs> now, there, see, that's awesome. There were three <laughs> specific bitches that old dirty bastards seemed to be upset about. Uh, Shaquita, Belinda, and Passion. Um <laughs> I don't know why. I, I just I felt like I, I know what Ty's I, laughing at. <laughs> Shakita. I heard for a limited time at Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, I'd love extra to make an Ariana Grande segue, but I, I just can't bring myself to do it. Extra cheese Shakita. I think you just did. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of segues, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so this is yeah, definitely not a love song. Uh, well, I, the reason, okay, let's just the girl, you know, I love you, but now you're gonna die is the gist of it. Uh, but this song ultimately had to do about betrayal uh, and betrayal. one here, way to deal we, with betrayal. We kiss and hug and snug and tickle, but the bitch wouldn't even buff my fucking pickle. That's betrayal. <laughs> And you don't think they had the rhyming dictionary? Is that what you're saying? If, if I put that much work and I, I would feel betrayed if I wasn't being buffed. <laughs> okay. So maybe we should just revisit the fact that, you know, this is, this is a, they go for, they skew for a maybe less mature demographic with some of their songs, <laughs> but uh, it's entertaining, I guess. It's, it's a little, you know, it's not, uh, okay, let's move on to Terrible. Uh, Craig, I know, Ty, you said you like Terrible, eh? Which is the next song? That was me. Craig, oh, Craig, both like you too. guys. So both you guys like terrible. Yeah, it's okay. So I, did, I felt it I was kind separate. of almost a more serious song. Sure. I mm-hmm. did separate it musically from lyrically. Lyrically, I think it's the strongest one on the entire album. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't think good. there's like a close second. Uh, musically, I didn't necessarily like what they did with it, but who the fuck am I? I don't, I didn't have a better idea. I just yeah. fantastic uh, Michael Jackson reference. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so uh, and and my process for when we record these episodes is I usually like watch because often it's the movie, right? And I'll watch the yeah. movie as we record. So I just click the song, and the the first two words in the opening of the song are "motherfucker," um, mm-hmm. which is probably about half of their songs. Like even the even the ones that are moderately serious, they can't even let you get into the song without saying, "No, no, no, we're still ICP. Everything's going to be like way over the top." Just to be clear. I have What's a great, great way to sort of snap you into it and let you know you're about to hear something? <laughs> For Just, real. I, I have a great similar story. I'm working at uh, our former employer, our, our joint former employer, and uh, a childhood friend a childhood friend walks in and he's like, hey, man, what's up? I'm, you know, I'm rapping now. I've got these CDs. Do you want to check one out? What? <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll check one out. So uh, I think he's going to give me one, but he gives it to me. He's like, it's $10, bro. I'm like, okay, let me go, oh. my, let me go to my locker. And I'm like, uh, like, there's nobody really in the store at this particular time, so I throw <laughs> it on one of the uh, on one of the display computers hooked oh, up to a large no. speaker, uh-huh. and the very first two things that come out is, <laughs> yeah, N word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I removed that CD faster than you could imagine, and was just happy to escape with my employment. Well, you Bo can't York. unring that bell. Yeah. <laughs> I'll name names here. Bo York, thanks for setting me up. He's not listening. No, nice job, Bo. Jesus Good Christ. Go, Bo. Um, I did the you know exact what? same thing in Vegas where I was walking between uh, two hotels and a guy caught me on the bridge uh, and said, I'm, 
I made I made a rap album. Will you buy me? Will you buy a rap album off me? I, I, I said, how much? He goes, he goes, whatever you could pay. So I gave him five bucks and he gave me this CD and I had it in my hand. And then I picked up uh, by my brother and sister-in-law's parents uh, who <laughs> flew in from England. <laughs> I popped this in the uh, in the CD player. I said, I just bought this off of some guy on the street. First of all, these people are awesome. I love both of them. They okay. were hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, it wasn't the N word, but uh, something very similar came on, and I just hit the eject button. And said, "Oh, what, what is very similar?" <laughs> he told. Uh, That's a great question. He told me it was classical. He lied. <laughs> I don't he hear lied. a single violin. This random <laughs> drunk I met in Vegas lied to me. Uh, uh, later, I listened to it on the airplane, and I don't on the plane home, and I don't even think that uh, I don't even think it was him. I think he just copied some rap off the internet and sold it. He was selling, yeah, he's just burning CDs and selling them for yeah. whatever people will pay. Yeah, I was impressed um, after that. I was impressed to hear anything on the disc at all. He could have just given me a blank disc, <laughs> sent me home. We should drag um, this back to Terrible because Terrible is a worthwhile song and it's got some decent stuff into it. In, in well, like it is. Con- one of the things it doesn't have is the N-word like the rest of the album, though. And I think that might be one of the interesting things about having two white rappers who are the group, right? Like they don't really have access to that word. That's pretty common, though, among uh, white rappers in my experience. I don't think I've really? ever heard It's great, though. It's one of the least racist that. rap albums I've ever listened to. It, well, yeah. No, you're, you're well, okay. So that said, they have a thing against rednecks. They're not fond they of sure them. sure do. Yep. No. <laughs> well, they're from Detroit. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. uh, that's how that goes, I think. All right. So uh, you guys tell me about Terrible. Ty, what were your, what were you seem to, you seem to take, uh, take a shine to it. Or a buff? No, it was know. just uh, uh, to be honest with you. I knew I, I know I liked it, but this is one of the ones um, I didn't jot too much down for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> just have nothing for <laughs> you. Apology there, accepted. But- Craig, over to you. I liked that it made zero effort to try to shoe in this uh, the stuff that I don't like about uh, the clown ICP. shit. The clown shit. It didn't force in. Yeah. Uh, their. Uh, D D mythology you know what i mean there was a great D&D. review that i read where somebody called it uh the slick dumbed down Dr- dungeons and dragons rap rock shtick rack rap rock shtick is often unbearable this is like cirque de so lame <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so hey, terrible boy. didn't terrible didn't try to force that they just wrote a good song and mm. like it it has uh, very of the time, kind of some rap cliches. Oh, really? Where, yeah. Where there are references to Nancy Kerrigan and news events and celebrities. That was all very big. Yeah. Eminem made millions of dollars on it. These guys missed the boat a little bit. Again, I'm sorry for the comparison, but it was he, even a Clinton reference, I think. Yeah, he mm-hmm. literally got famous doing that, right? Like his most popular radio songs were ones with minimal swearing and maximum pop culture references and these guys yeah. kind of got in here a little bit without being overbearing about it and they do it in some interesting ways like where they talk about uh like the difference between the perception of like celebrity deaths musical celebrity deaths easy e dies nobody gives a fuck Kurt that's Cobain the best blows his own yeah. head off and suddenly he's a hero yeah um, Kurt yeah. Cobain dies yeah so you know i thought that was good they've got some kind of cancel culture uh references in here way before it was cool i can't remember exactly what the line was 
but hmm. uh, it, it's a good quality constructed song that stands on its own that doesn't need, oh, this is one of the five Joker cards. They're referencing life and death and hell. Yeah. It's just a good fucking tune. And it stands hmm. on its own. And I was glad to hear it at that point because I was ready to sh- call it a day. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, and so ultimately, that one seems to be about. Uh, well, the the two of the, the the chorus lyrics are you don't know what's uh wait uh, what you know about terrible you don't know what's terrible, uh, implying that you really don't have a sense of perspective and there's actually nasty shit that happens out there and you just bitch about ridiculous things. That that recurring, seems to be yeah recurring yeah. pet peeve for me with these guys at least on this album. Uh, which is the only album of theirs I've listened to start to finish is choruses where they just repeat the same fucking line over and over again, five times and call it a chorus. What the fuck is a chorus? What is a chorus? The the chorus chorus. of a song. It's, it's the refrain. You, you, you sing a verse, you sing the chorus, you sing another verse, you get back to the chorus. Their choruses are always just them repeating literally one line five times. Mm. They do it frequently. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I, that annoyed me as well. Yeah. That annoyed me. (laughs) (laughs) The end of this one, I think, was uh, pretty terrible for that. Yeah. Uh, that's on the nose. Uh, okay, so the the next track is I Stab People. <laughs> um, so, again, this kind of goes to the character sort of based songs where this one is about a guy who stabs people. And yeah. it's... Well, on the surface, Dan. Well, I think even underneath. I think even if underneath. If you put your proverbial fingers Deep into your ass, cavity. (laughs) (laughs) You might find something else. You might might need a whole fist on this one. (laughs) Uh, Anything to uh, to anything else to add about that one, uh, gentlemen? Or we good? I only have. No, you nailed it. It's about stabbing people. I have my my summary of the song was useless shock drivel, um, Mm. which I thought was impartial. Uh, The lyrical highlight: I stabbed the fat guy in the butt. What? I met Pete Rose and stabbed him twice in his nipple. I don't even know how it's supposed to rhyme. I met oh. Pete Rose and stabbed him twice in his nipple. I sta- and I stabbed the fat guy in the butt, which they rhymed with what? What? If you ever yeah. read Green Eggs and Ham, you're pretty familiar with the structure of this song. <laughs> yeah, that's works. fair. I didn't think to apply it to that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and maybe just for a little bit more context as far as what was going on at the time, we had mentioned that Eminem <sighs> seems to have had some bringing luck. Them up. With, uh, well, let me see. <laughs> let me see if he's in the Billboard Top 100. Here he might be. No, he probably wouldn't be that that early in his career. But uh, so I just wanted to bring no, up the Billboard yeah. Billboard Top 100, just so that people could kind of get a gauge as far as history to to remember where we were. So I might go down the top 10 here. Does that does that sound suitable to you guys? Yeah, do it. Do it. All right, I'm going to start at 10. Top 10. We'll work our, we'll work our way up. Uh, Ricky Martin's Living La Vida Loca. You guys remember that one, yeah? It's very I am loca. working at Cucamongas at this time, and yes, I remember yeah. Living La Vida Loca. Uh, um, so there was a woman, I guess, named Deborah Cox, who was number nine, and she had number nine's Nobody's Supposed to Be Here. I've never heard of her. Uh, did you guys hear of her? Deborah Cox? That Doesn't sounds work. familiar. Doesn't I thought she was like a Michigan governor that's, or something. That's a different kind of search I think you were doing when you found De- Deborah Cox. No, it's 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 with an X, yeah. yeah. Uh, How about Deborah Two Cox with a Z? Clearly Oh my God. So, and I sent you guys a clip. Oh, you know what, uh, Ty, I'm actually going to ask you to play because I did send you a couple tracks. Yeah, you and, sure did. Uh, can you play the one that's ICP, The Freshest Comic Books? 
All these comic books represent ICP from just chilling, being normal guys, and how the government screwed them over and stuck them down in the toxic waste dumps, and how now they're wicked cons and they're ruling Southwest Delray. These are mad fresh. These are what ICP is all about. These are the freshest. Oh Those boy. are the freshest. Pretty oh fresh. <laughs> so, so in in part of my research, who, I watched who put a, somebody in the toxic waste dumps. What are we talking the about? Government, so, the government does. Yeah, the, obviously the government. The did. Batman reference. <laughs> the um, so what what this that bit of audio came from, which was fucking ridiculous. It was, <laughs> it was, and I learned about this because I, you know, in this in the old stuff that came from like the '90s that you find on YouTube. There's usually actually there was an old Spice commercial that got cut out, so they just cut the commercials out of the actual air. And there was like a returning from commercial, like here's the intro screen, and it was Island Records purchased an hour of time on our airwaves and here is how they chose to spend it. So Island Records, I think if I've got this right, they are the record company or the production company for ICP. And it was ultimately a promotional, it was like a, it was a quote unquote shockumentary, but it was probably, (laughs) probably 80% bullshit, 20% goofballs having fun pretending they're bullshit. Mm. Um, Now that goofball kid, I actually 100% believe that he was real, Uh, but there was, other stuff in there and one of them was a i don't know if there's a term for a lady juggalo i don't a know if you can, mis- can you misgender a juggalo is that possible a i think it's juggalette. so Let's there's a juggalette, and her name was choco oh <laughs> made made me very uncomfortable um very fucking weird anyways back to uh oh and this kid was talking about the comic book series that uh there was like an eight-part comic book series that these guys put up and this is kind of one of those things you see with, I think, grassroots or like small, uh, small scale, but cult following things like they do these things that are very they'll like find a local comic book artist that's into their shit and they'll work with them to create a thing. Right. Whether it's good or not, I don't know, but mm-hmm. they'll do those things. Uh, all right. Number uh, number eight was Every Morning by Sugar Ray. Number seven, Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Extina. XT, that's right. Uh, wait, what? Sixpence, none the richer with kicks. Kiss me for number six. Uh, Britney Spears. Guess which Britney Spears song came in at number five? Oh, I don't know. Baby, one more time. Okay. Uh, Heartbreak Hotel. Who cares who did that? Uh, and then who cares? And uh, number two, No Scrubs by TLC and then Believe by Cher. So this came out in the oh same year God. that Believe oh. by Cher was number one on the Billboard. What a shit year. This is, this is peak. <laughs> I like that me song, work, actually. Me working at the bar as a 19-year-old and listening yeah. to these songs for six hours a night on weekends. This is amazing. Flirting yeah. with sad 30-year-old women, no doubt, Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's amazing you got out of that alive. <laughs> Barely. At least. <laughs> I bet you got some scars. All right. Um, so let's move on to another love song. And this was the only one. If you if you guys followed the, uh, the Bouncing Ball on the YouTube playlist, this is the only one that was like a music video. Mm-hmm. And... It was strange because it was the only song that there was a lot of bleeping and like radio edit stuff for every Mm. other song uncensored. This song very censored, which I thought was weird. And I don't know if there was a combination um, music video censorship. I don't know what was going on there. It's funny to Uh, me to hear that like that that exists from a band like this who several points on this album, at least uh, brags about not being a radio friendly 
uh, you know, artist, but yeah. clearly made the effort to be like, hey, can we get a couple of plays, guys? You yeah. know, try to throw a bone. Yeah. And in all honesty, yeah. if this is what they chose, it was never going to happen. So I understand no. why this is like a self-defeating prophecy. This is uh, – I wrote that I thought that this was easily the strongest song musically. Like the the, the music side of this is phenomenal. <laughs> really? I oh, no, sorry, can't sorry, stand I'm, I'm this fucking song. Musically the strongest song yet. And I gave them points for having a chorus that isn't just one line repeated. Lyrical highlight, I could love you and treat you with class and have babies falling out of your ass. <laughs> this, uh, th- I, I wrote that this sounded like the alternate universe version. If, if I had a million dollars. Uh, <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> it's kind of like the dark universe version of that song. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this one also about betrayal, where um, yeah, oh, no, the, really? the, 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 another rap song about a bitch betraying a brother. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. Uh, I think it's Violent J. I'm not honestly sure which one's which, but uh, the heavier one. And let me tell you guys, in like subsequent videos, do you guys remember like the 1989 Batman movie? Do you remember oh, the parade yes, scene towards the end, yeah. where yeah. it starts off Prince? as a great parade with balloons? Yeah. And then they all start to get like inflated. And yeah. there's that one baby balloon that starts off as like a baby <laughs> balloon, but then it gets inflated and you're like, whoa, what is going on with this fucking thing? Mm-hmm. That's what happened to this guy. Oh, he, it's like really, really bizarre how big he got. But um, <laughs> it's so fresh. I, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, keep, keep yeah. So the guy. Time. okay it's kept (laughs) keep that around it's Um, so fresh uh so anyways yeah it's a love song but the guy just says uh, actually one of the lyrics if i can remember this he says i can't get you out of my head maybe i'll just cut it off but i'm not the only one that's dying here let's just die together um so it's again not a pretty like the the content of these songs can get very uncomfortable. Um, depends on how seriously you take it, unless it's like a couple of 13-year-olds just fucking goofing off in a parking lot. And then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Anything else about another love song, gentlemen? I'm good. You know, one of the things kind of bouncing off the idea that they censored, this was the one track that was censored on here. It got me thinking, none of the other tracks are censored, and there's ads between like every other song. So it got me wondering about YouTube monetization and how they decide what does and does not qualify to have an ad run either between or before or after or all those things. Because if they're running ads before these things and the other things that we hear about that get demonetized and can't run ads, a big head scratcher for me. You know well, what I mean? In their defense, uh, I didn't hear anyone criticize um, critical race theory or anything like that in any of these songs. Well, they, so I'm pretty uh, sure that's all monetizable at that point. That might have been, and it's terrible. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. But uh, okay. So the next song was Everybody Rise, which uh, I didn't really care for. Um, any comments or questions about Everybody Rise? This, this was like a was blunt the, force song for me. It was just sure, like. There's the line in here that we've referenced a couple of times. Fuck videos and radio play. And uh the vibe I got from it was like uh, very Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I bet the chocolate tastes bad anyway. You know what I mean? Like it's not a uh, mm, because you're oh, even saying like on the grapes. last one. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's it's covered. Oh well, we don't want that anyway because we're just so yeah. fucking badass, right, Jay? 
Yeah, Shaggy. You know, that's interesting. <laughs> because he mentions, I, I, I wrote down Michael Eisner because they say fuck Michael Eisner in here mm-hmm. somewhere. And there is an issue with, okay, so that comes up in the, um, because of the album, I think. I'm just going to try to breeze through the article here, but there was a line from fuck the world that's fuck the beastie boys and the dalai lama and mm-hmm. whoever was working with them to do a photo shoot said that well, we kind of need you to change that line and it was like a production company uh, i guess so disney at some point censored these guys the production company they were working with for the photo shoot said mm, we kind of need you to change the fuck the beastie boys part the dalai lama is fine but we represent the beastie boys so you need to kind of change that or they won't be very happy about <laughs> oh, that yeah, well, like fuck that who what company in the right mind is going to be like, oh, well, you know, uh, go ahead and say fuck the Beastie Boys and we'll risk losing their account to make sure we really n- nail down this ICP account. Yeah. Well, OK, so that that makes me think, though, to their credit, or at least these are the things that we're reading. Maybe there's a lot of other things that don't go to their credit, but that to me, at least artistically to their credit, they're like, no, nope, we're doing our thing. That's that. Well, and that's the thing. I, it, the Beastie Boys should be OK with you'd think so right yeah like they, shouldn't I, have they don't want skin. their music censored right i don't like, think the, the beastie boys even would ever consider acknowledging or give a shit these guys right. are clearly punching up trying to you know grab onto some, some so it's just the as usual it's just the guys in between being a bunch of soft cock douchebags oh for sure um, <laughs> why, why don't you clip that one too soft cock douchebags <laughs> Jesus. This, the end of this song has that bit where he talks backwards. Do you guys okay. remember this? And I'm tracking forward here. I uh, I heard it and I was like, okay, this, this sums it up for me. Because uh, he says a, a statement backwards that if you take it and flip it, what it says is, if you flip this message because you think there's some secret message, there ain't shit. That really? summarizes. Yes. That summarizes wow. the ICP <laughs> to me. <laughs> Entirely. Like, if you want to dig deeper because you think there's something here, just don't fucking bother. It's not there, man. Like, it's a shit. I have to admit, though. It's a character. But that's cool. I like that. I I, I understand where you're coming from. But I just, this song in particular was one of the greatest things I've ever heard. Everybody right? uh, No. um, Sorry, I'm way past that. You're on Fuck the World. You're on I'm on Fuck the World. Um, oh, you're, you're well, two can tracks. We, <laughs> can we pump the brakes before we fuck the world? Can we do we have do we have to do? Well, track we were just track? talking about it, weren't we? When did well, we skip back? Kind of, only because Michael Eisner came up in regards to Everybody Rise. But uh, okay, let's jump ahead to fuck the world, and then we'll jump back to play with me. Jump back. <laughs> jump do we have that back. still? There it is. Yeah. Jump back. <laughs> Thank you, Internet. Well, that was – I mean, I'm not that fast. No, uh, I don't like I, I don't practice the soundboard when you guys aren't recording. <laughs> <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Fuck the World because that I thought was a really strong song. It's the best one on the album yeah. in my humble opinion. I just like that these guys, they stood on principle here and there wasn't anyone that was immune to their uh, fucking. Um, That's true. What did they? Uh, it was where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, one of, I think my one of my favorite lines was when they said "fuck the Berlin Wall." Where is it? I can't find both it. sides of uh, it. Both sides of it. <laughs> <laughs> not not the wall itself and what that represents. Yeah. Everyone on both sides of yeah. the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they also say to fuck all fifty-two states. 
Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I and actually when they when they said fuck Ted Nugent, I thought that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> you like mm-hmm. the hunt a lot. So fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> Dan's rap voice. Yeah. But the uh, line right after that, where uh, I thought lyrically it was brilliant. Fuck Disco, Count of Monte Cristo, fuck Cisco. Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Briscoe. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> they're, just they're great. old school wrestlers. They're old school wrestling personalities. Oh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, yeah. Lyrically. Yeah. Incredible. No, they, I mean, they, it, this was a really good song. And this there was a couple songs that were in here that were like this, where if you take the first like half of a sentence – because they kind of repeat that first half because it's like, fuck the fuck this. Fuck. It's just like, OK, so we get that part. But then the second half or the last, you know, two thirds of the, the phrase is is there's a lot going on in there. And I, to their credit, this was a really, really good song. Later on, they rhymed gonorrhea with diarrhea, which I thought was brilliant. That's a insightful. big win. Big win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on this one, guys? It's not fuck for you, me. Dan. It's oh, not for enough. me. Not for you. Oh, okay. A little, little softer. Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to give you guys this one. This is uh, my taste did not line up with pretty much anything going on here. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you? Did you? When you were when you were listening to this, were you sipping a, a bottle of Zima? Is that why? Yeah. Is that more your Excuse taste? Excuse me. I ordered a Zima, <laughs> not emphysema. <laughs> um, no, let's jump back to play with me, which I thought was one of the strongest songs on the album. Agreed. And this is this is like speaking of the the dark uh, the dark world version of Toy Story essentially. Yeah. Um, it's about the 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 song is from the perspective of a doll that basically gets ignored and just has a lot of rage issues uh, and wants to uh, hurt the <laughs> hurt the child that has grown up without them. Um, I thought it was terrific, though. I thought I thought that that actually was a good bit of, of a storytelling kind of interesting piece. I thought that the writing on it was so <laughs> oh, strong. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, am I wrong? We just here? call it, no. You, I just you called it a piece. Let's take a moment of silence for that. <laughs> I thought that uh, I thought that this one was so strong relative to their other stuff that I actually started to try to Google and find out if they actually got writing credits on this one because again, I think it stands out. Wow. So much further above some of the other stuff that's on here. Red What'd flag raised in Craig's eyes here. Let's see. <laughs> I, I assume the the writing is from one Marshall Mathers. Is that? Uh... No, no. I just meant, uh, yeah, not, not tied to anybody specific. But uh, yeah, I just thought that this one stood out as significantly better than the other al- al- the other songs that are on there. They these are way more fresh. Yeah, well, very fresh. This is probably the freshest. The absolutely the freshest. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where for my lyrical highlight, usually I just pick a couple of stupid lines that I thought were goofy. The whole last verse in this was very strong. And I, I'm not going to say the yeah. whole thing, but I recorded the whole thing. I was like, again, this is another instance where to me it was just a really strong song that stands alone without the bullshit yeah. that is supposed to be carried from album to album. This one creates its own self-contained, really cool yeah. story that I was into the whole tune. I was like, this is a solid track top to bottom. Another little uh, little jewel on here. Uh, next up is again a song that I really liked, probably for the formatting, and that's the Shaggy Show. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's called the song. If you haven't heard, if you're never going to listen to it, that's fine. But it's called the Shaggy Show because the whole song is done in the format of a uh, of a late night talk show where it, it even op- go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, in the interest of keeping you around long enough to hear Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I, I didn't like it for that reason, because I felt The game that. is to be sold, not to be not told. Not to be sold. What a terrible one. <laughs> yeah. The joke was on me on that one, and I, I didn't find it funny at the time. In the same way that uh, we mentioned ODB got paid, I think Snoop got, what did he get, like 40 grand for showing oh up on God. here for a few lines? Yeah, they milked this thing for all six minutes and 32 seconds. Okay, well, because uh, you, I feel sad that you that you said it like that. Uh, uh, Ty, can I have you play? Um, can I have you play ICP PhD, please? This is one of the ads from the song. Do your homies have money? Are you broke? <laughs> yeah. Do bitches look at you like some kind of joke? Straight, Straight up. up. There's nothing you can do except get your PhD. Play a hater's degree? That's right. Oh, hell yeah! Player Haters Academy, located on Well Farm in Detroit, offers the finest in playeration tactics. Yeah, that's right. Such as the bitch hater. Hey, man, fuck that fine-ass bitch. Or the look show. <laughs> Yo, bitch, I might be ugly, at least I ain't got no money. Or the never-ending shooting star. Just because he got a car, he want to be driving that bitch. Get your PhD <laughs> and join the nation of Mayor Haitian. Word So, I mean, it, it follows the format of a late-night show so much, they actually plug ads into it, and the ads are entertaining. They're funny, you know? Yeah, that, that was, was strong. Yeah. That, is a, uh, that is a groundwork-laying thing. I don't know if Dave Chappelle came up with the player haters uh you oh, can tell somebody uh, has been watching this? some De- Detroit daytime television. But this, <laughs> but this is, uh, I agree with you, Dan, that the ads are phenomenal. Uh, there's yeah. that, and then there's goddamn hot chili later. Uh, uh, since we're here, Ty, do you mind? I like my chili hot. As a matter of fact, I like my chili so goddamn hot that you can cook a hog's ass in a spoonful. When a working man such as myself wants a little hot fixin', I'll reach for that bottle of mama's goddamn hot chili. Smooth tender chunks with chili beans filled with mama's hot bastard bacon bits and drizzled with just the right amount of thick savory sauce dripping with noodle nuggets and Texas tough onions. Mm Mm-mm, that's hot. Goddamn hot. I asked for it by name. <laughs> I um yeah, no, they they're they're both both of those. Those are the two ads from the thing. And those are between Legit interviews good. with with Violent J and then the last interview was with uh with little Snoop Dogg there. I'd buy a can of that chili right now. Oh, it's yeah, goddamn like hot. If I show yeah. up to Juggalo Fest and there's mm-hmm. not a booth selling mm-hmm. goddamn hot chili, these guys oh, have missed yeah. an opportunity. Fair enough. Uh, I did watch another another thing that I watched was uh, like um, I think it was part of a documentary about uh, the gatherings that they have, and we use the word gathering earlier. And that's and and Craig I think had mentioned also kind of the um, the the well the social aspect of the the juggalo culture, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. But the like they have these events and apparently they have them, you know, maybe once a year or something like that, where all of the jugglos just kind of get together and they hang out. And it's very kumbaya. It seems like like I don't think I'd want to go, but it seems like if I were into it, it'd be a very, uh, very nice experience. You know, they just kumbaya, seem like people that were yeah. other than all the professional wrestling. Is there a lot of at the gatherings? Is there a lot of professional wrestling? I don't know. Absolutely. And, ch- and chopping bitches' heads off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see now. I don't know if that um, if that actually happens. So, I anyways, think you can actually use some uh, what, what's the chili? goddamn hot chili as lubricant to place fingers in your ass. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, double whammy. You're getting stained two ways. <laughs> I think it's how many fingers. That could be a triple whammy. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to uh, the next track, which was Mad Professor. Again, another... Uh, another like character based track that was kind of like a Frankenstein like character. Um, what are you, um, what are you laughing at? Right. What's because if I tell you what my note says, you're just going to be like, Craig's not paying attention anymore. I just wrote, I wrote the word nothing. I have nothing to say about this. <laughs> Well, that's that's the, I think it's the wrong track. There's a couple I, I, tracks. I have for nothing that. to say on this one too. Uh, <laughs> This is this is the last track added to the album, I think. This this was the <laughs> this was the the phase of the album toward the end here, where the joke I got on the fourth track uh, stopped being funny. Was played out, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I kind of started going. Uh, now I will say this: I've listened to this album once. Okay, back in the day, like there isn't a new album I would buy today that I could say I would listen to all the way through multiple, 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 multiple times. But back in those days, I would do that all the time. You'd buy a CD. Yeah. I'd stuff the CD player in my pocket or whatever. I'd deliver newspapers or something. I'd I'd work or I'd go for a bike ride and I wouldn't be skipping tracks. So I would Mm -hmm. learn to appreciate different parts of the album later uh, that I didn't necessarily like right out of the gate. And of course, I can't get to that phase of this album ever um just not in the cards but uh of course i only listened to it the one time all the way through you know it's possible that i would appreciate these later tracks if i own the album in, in my 20s but i i just can't get there now and i apologize yeah. dan as far you know, as like I, the, the fan service aspect of it though like these guys just just dump it on as frequently as they can there's another fago reference in this fucking song um oh, <laughs> It's really pissing Craig off. Well, it's just like, come on, guys. Like, how many, how many times are you going to go back to the well on this? We get it. You're from fucking Detroit, okay? Um, it's like, oh, but Snoop gets to talk about booties as much as he wants. Well, Snoop spends more time in booties than these guys do in Detroit. I bet. <laughs> in Fago, is that what you're going to say? <laughs> so they reference, and most people probably wouldn't catch it, but I know that Rock and Rye is the yeah. name of the root beer flavor of Fago. So I it's not it root beer flavored. What are you talking about? It's, it's their equivalent. They don't have root beer. They have rock and rye. It's this, like this, an is, off- this is why nobody really respects Fago, I think. <laughs> um, Fago's recipes, I've actually read into it. All of Fago's uh, pop recipes are based off of cake recipes. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Oh. There you go. Huh. I will say uh, Mountain Dew was also referenced by them. Um, really? Sort of as, yeah. They said oh, something Fango, in, fuck Mountain Dew, I think was the Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, in the same line, tipped me off to the Michigan thing because I've, I've pro- I may have told the story, but I realized something about Upper Michigan and Mountain Dew in my teen years. We were coming from like uh, either Frankenmuth or maybe Mackinac. And we stopped at a restaurant and I was sitting in the middle of this restaurant with my family looking around. And I suddenly realized that every table in the restaurant had Mountain Dew. Really? Every single one. Every It was a Pizza Hut. I just remembered. It was oh, a Pizza no. Hut. And they had those clear um, cups that everyone yep. used to have. And I realized everyone in the restaurant was drinking Mountain Dew in northern Michigan. 
And it's, it must be a Michigan thing, Mountain Dew. I know Mountain Dew is everywhere, but I used to keep man, track. Man, oh man, what are the odds of that? Almost, I used to keep track of this among uh, fast food restaurants when I ate a lot more fast food at you know different restaurants. Where almost everyone in Canada is uh, a co- uh, sponsored by Coke or has a contract with Coke to share Coke products. And there's only two or three. There was Arby's. Uh, and I think maybe Taco Bell had Pepsi products and you could get Mountain Dew, but Pizza Hut was also one of those places. It wasn't really fast food, but yeah. I would look forward to going to one of those Pepsi places to get these different fountain drinks. Most and of the restaurants that offer – Or Dr. Pepper. M- most of the restaurants I know for sure Taco Bell was. Most – and if it's not now, it used to be. Mm-hmm. But those restaurants are owned by PepsiCo. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so almost every restaurant that was fast food that you could buy Pepsi in was owned by Pepsi. Um, at one time or another, it probably still is. Do you, you guys want to okay touch on the I... actual content of, of the of the song? Other yeah, than... I was gonna say, are you guys okay if I just get overly serious about clown songs? Do it, Dan. Do it. Okay. This is your, this um, is your baby. Well, I, you know, I I wanted Make... to mix it up. One of the reasons I picked this was to mix up. We were getting fucking lazy. That's what we were getting. Hey, listen, I don't want to do a, a pre review here before we're done, but I'm really enjoying this so far. All right. Well, okay. Um, the next song I did not enjoy at all. Assassins is a terrible song. Um, it's just them being goofballs. I, did you guys care for it at all? Do we have anything? You to know what's funny know? about this is when I was looking at people's reviews, somebody had mentioned that this was their favorite track on the album. Yeah. And I thought that must have screwed something up. So I actually went back and listened to it again. And I don't know what the fuck that guy was smoking, but oh, it's not good. It's music, right? It's music. It's music. Yeah. You don't well, know. Yeah. Somebody has the lyrics of this tattooed on their body somewhere. I yeah. guarantee it. Some <laughs> people even like spelled Oasis. wrong. I guarantee that. Yeah, spelled- <laughs> I banged um, it and I banged it. The shit was absurd. Like she was sporty spice and I was some fucking nerd. Lyrical well, highlight: Assassins. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you, Craig, for our lyrical highlight. <laughs> now the next two songs, it's strange because the album does kind of end on kind of a, a down note, but mm-hmm. uh, it's the the second last song is called Echo Side, which I thought was. Um, the song itself, I think, is pretty good. It mm. reminds me, I think, in content, it reminds me a lot of uh, the movie. Do you guys see the movie Constantine? No. Uh, once that's uh Keanu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, wow, I, that, I love that movie, and I actually watched it about three weeks ago, just because I love that movie. Um, so, uh, well, let's not worry about Constantine. You guys should watch it though. Uh, but the the Echo side is a song about a guy that somehow ends up in hell, and he tries to escape, and he gets out, and he's crawling around trying to like escape from hell, but then he ends up crawling back to the front doors of hell and you know that's a big bummer for him uh so the whole song's a bit of a bummer but i, I really really like the story element to it i just i just love sto- uh, songs like that i do um it totally did you guys find- throws it totally throws the jekyll brothers mythology at the fucking window though oh no well does it though <laughs> the whole jekyll so brothers because- thing is that the brothers are determining if you're you know they're gonna have this um this juggling festival of, of your soul with yeah, good but, and evil but, to determine if you're in hell. Fuck it. This guy's already there. Yeah. And, and he doesn't leave. That's, I mean, that the joke's kind of on him in that one that he thinks he's trying to leave. He thinks he's going to get out, but he doesn't. He ends up just mutilating himself on the way back to getting back into hell. So um, I how, think it still fits. That's how I felt. That's how I felt going through this album. Okay. Craig, right. Craig, Craig is just so like suddenly turned into my 
creative writing teacher from grade 11 all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) I read a Um, lot about this overlying ICP juggalo mythology bullshit and it upset me more than i should have let it i guess like i was laughing reading most of it like you this is not what they're rapping about like i'm listening to the (laughs) lyrics and it has nothing to do with this but it was sold so hard i was like you guys can't really think that these guys are just some secret geniuses and that the reason they put out this album is to release the fifth card in the six card series you think that's what this is about because i heard a lot about tits and pussies and you know fago I know how you feel like that. There's a. I once got deep into a rabbit hole trying to f- uh, read people's ideas of what uh, the movie Prometheus was about, and then I realized none of them knew what the fuck they were talking yes, about. Yes, yes. And it doesn't mean a damn thing. It was just a bunch of fucking assholes who can't write getting this, together and making a movie. This is like that message board that you discovered. Only Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope are the moderators, and everyone agrees with them. <laughs> <laughs> Still yeah, just I'm, making up useless shit. But I mean, they maybe the, the persona of the Joker would do that, but from a perspective of you know, their fans can be victims too, and that's that that fits the mo. Yeah. I mean, if if the overarching purpose of the ICP is to to be the the Dark Knight Joker of the uh, rap world, I think they're doing a decent job. That's yeah. That's a fair no, it's, it's you know some men just want to watch the world burn. I I think that kind of fits here. Yeah, or the message board or the uh, subreddit, whatever. Some men yeah. just want to cover the front row in fego. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So the the very last track on the album is called "Nothing's Left," and this is a song that I mentioned earlier that I would err on the side of calling this song an actual beautiful song. Like I think this is it's the best track on the album. It's totally out of um, it's it's completely different than everything that you'd heard up until this point because there's like strings, there's piano. It's it's very melodic. It's 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 quite nice. Um, and Ty, I've actually got a clip that's called uh, ICP Nothing Left, Nothing left. if you could There's no story that ain't been told There's no uh, and we don't have to listen to the whole no clip because it's kind of long and it really gets the gist of the song. But it's just this, uh, it's, yeah, it's this, it's this kind of sound progression that just slowly ramps in intensity. Um, and lyrically, I really like it. I thought there was a lot to it. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just like a 20-year-old kid that heard it that really liked it and it never got out of his head. But I thought this was it, this is actually just a terrific song. I would give you a pass on that. Yeah, because I I kind of felt what you were feeling at the beginning. Yeah, but then it seemed like uh, maybe two thirds the way through he started running out of shit to say. He, he um, ran out of rhymes. Told, well, the song sold, changes. Swam, yeah. slammed, yeah. traveled, baffled, cried, lied, passed, asked, chopped, dropped, <laughs> laid, afraid, can, began, melt, felt. Those are the actual rhymes. I'm reading the lyrics right now. Like it, the whole song is just built around two word like rhyming. Well, you're allowed to rhyme two words though. I think. No, I I get it. But there's just there's no deviation from it, so I get what Ty's saying. Like this sounded, I think it started really strong, and I was like, oh, yeah. like the music, the music yeah. is a great hook on this. Like I really yeah. like the music on this one. But then I'm just like, okay, he's just gonna do this for the whole fucking six minutes, and he just about does. Well, until <laughs> until it really ramps up at the end, and they just kind of do their more yelling thing, um, which I didn't mind they, because, well, the, the 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 progression and the ramp seemed appropriate, so I I thought it really held together. It's not bad. And like most of the time, like here's the other thing I don't, we probably haven't mentioned is I've never really listened to music with 
sort of a a critical ear on mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah. Unless it's outwardly so terrible that you can't help but go, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? So listening to this as a something that we're made to listen to, obviously Craig is set up to, to think what he thought of this because sure. he didn't he didn't fall upon it naturally, right? It wasn't something he just decided to keep on listening to. So that's how it's going to work. Like, I, I think that um, music especially – I think I think music is is worse. I think that when you when you're asked to listen to an entire album of something you might wouldn't listen to otherwise, you're more than likely not going to like it. It's tough. Mm. Like uh yeah. For me like especially now that I'm older like I'll catch a song. It could be anything. I even heard a country song the other day that I liked by accident. And now I'm <laughs> I I'm not shitting you. I I I put I I was in the car by myself. I turned the country music station on because I noticed that it was an HD radio station, which we don't have too many of in Calgary. And I never heard that in my car before. So I kept it on. And then I heard a song that I liked and I was like, oh, I'll never have heard that. And now I'm interested in finding out what that was and looking into that, whoever that is and finding out what the album is. But I would never, I don't do that anymore. In, my, yeah. in your 20s and your late teens, I do that all the time. I'm actively looking for things to listen to, but now I never do. So agreed. If my if my musical tastes were a, you know, we all had those CD wallets when we were 19, 20, whatever, yeah. right? If it were 198 capacity, I'm at like 196, and I'm not looking to fill those last two spots quickly. I'm happy with what I got. And I didn't stumble onto these guys on my own along the way. In fact, I heard like some negative stuff about them. So I am 100% tainted coming into this. But I do yeah. think it may, makes for an interesting conversation to have someone who discovered it at those formative, uh, more impressionable years where you're open to something like Nothing Left is a, a beautiful tune where I'm just like, oh, here we go, whatever. I don't care. But <laughs> do, you, do you remember that's kind Craig? of the wonderful thing about music, though, where, like I said, yeah. you can play the same song for so many people and they're going to interpret it so many different ways. Yeah. I, I have an old, uh, this will make you feel better dan i have a super super old craig music story that mm. i don't know if he'll remember or not oh, I, I want to hear um, this is great so one of those rabbit holes i went down th- we lived in the age of napster right yep. so what what i don't think young people probably have now is the well maybe they do but it costs money we had the ability to find maybe a genre that we liked and then just go nuts and find everything that might be in that genre and it's not necessarily popular or anything. And one of the things that I just kind of, I had a friend who listened to something called uh, trip hop, yeah, um, which it did end up becoming popular in some ways, like uh, the matrix soundtrack and stuff. Massive attack is probably the banner group of this genre music. And it's sort of like a jazz electronic music hybrid and stuff. And I was like super enthusiastic and into it. And I started finding the real spin-off um, groups that were in this genre and finding some re- t- music to this day that I've kept in my phone and some shit that I liked at the time that I now know is t- total trash. But one of those trash songs I just heard and I really loved the, the vibe of it. And I sent it to Craig. I said, this is what I'm listening to. And he, he four minutes later, he sends me matches that no offense. That song is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> what was the song? Was it was a. That doesn't it sound was like a, me. Have you listened to this podcast? It's a song uh, by a group. It was a Ladytron song, and I don't actually remember the name of the song <laughs> click, itself. Click, click. Yeah, I've got it open right now. I'm trying to find it. 
Ladytron was the group. Now, uh, there's some Ladytron that I still Ghosts? would like. Ghosts? No. I don't remember. I'll, I probably will never remember the specific song I sent you, but there was. they make a lot of repetitive just mm-hmm. filler trash where it's sure. like a good beat. It's probably like club music. You know what I mean? Like where it's a good beat. It's, it's a, if you're not paying attention to the song, it's a good song to play in the background, probably a good mo- song to have in the background of a movie, but, but no substance to it. And I, pro- and I, I sent him something like that where I was really into it. And I, and back in the day you used to, you, you know, you don't have phones, you don't have tablets. You used to sit at your desktop computer with Winamp open and, listen, yeah. and yeah. surf the internet. And the music was on in the background. It was the soundtrack to what you were doing. And a lot of people back in those days kind of felt Winamp. like Neo in the mate, you know, when he was yeah. in the matrix surfing his computer, looking for uh, Morpheus, you know what I mean? Like that was how you use computers and technology back then. It was totally normal. And it was just kind of the soundtrack to, what I did back then. I'm sorry and if I crushed that for you, Ty, or if I, you were upset. No, no, like, dude. Uh, dude some, uh, honestly. Made, it took some effort to send somebody a song back then, though. And I, for me to shit on it like that, obviously I was younger. And no, and I you like, fired hey, it. Look, you were straight up about it. Um, <laughs> uh, you were right. I, I did think later on, because I, I, I remember thinking to myself, why did I send them that one? There was about 10 other way more better ones than that one. I just happened to send you that one. And it was just because I liked the vibe of it, and sure. I wasn't really thinking of what what it was. I just remember what it was. It was a song called "Blue Jeans." Oh, jeez, lady child. And honest to God, they re- I think Blue they jeans. repeat the same thing in that on that song over and over and over and over again. Lady but child. I loved. Here it is. I'm gonna listen to yeah. it now. I know you can't um, hear it, but. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, yeah, that was definitely the song because it was it was later after you made the criticism. I said he's right. There's nothing to this. I just like the music in the background while I'm surfing the internet. Because it makes me feel cool. It's it's that mm-hmm. kind of music. It's '90s internet surfing background music. Yeah, this and might be go. the song that's playing while Neo is searching the, the Matrix. For it's not. That's Morpheus. a massive attack song. Like, no, I know, but it does. Like <laughs> yeah. it has. It's so close to that vibe that I totally get what yeah. you're saying. Ty yeah. and I actually did accidentally uh, at one point. I thought this was a story you were gonna you were going to. Uh, me and you randomly, uh, despite all of the you know common interests that we share, we never really got into music too much and then randomly we both discovered that we really enjoy the crystal method which is kind of in this genre not quite it's it's a it's a little uh, off of it but i remember you and i kind of having this moment where we we're like oh you like the crystal method too and we're like oh cool yeah like dan dan and i uh, we've been to a couple concerts together even though our our tastes don't Overlapping. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. You know what's so funny? I've yeah. actually, it's been so long that I briefly forgot what you were just talking about. But I know, I know why. <laughs> that was my, around the same time, like the 90s phase, there was this um, mid 90s PlayStation game called Wipeout that had yes. a lot of electronic music in it. And then that sent me down that another rabbit hole where I was just discovering and finding electronic music from everybody who was making it at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I just don't see any young people doing that now. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't. Well, I think there's different formats. Like uh, in the States, they're, uh, like we when we were in the States, we played Pandora a lot. It's a terrific platform, and I have gotten so many good – you know, you give it a couple like suggestions, and then it just goes buck wild, but it still caters to the thing that you like. And I, I, gained, yeah. I, yeah, I gained so much from that. And yeah, I, I don't know. Spotify, eh, a little bit. You know, not quite as good. Yeah, because I just find like I'm not – here's the difference. I think back then 
you had to look for what you wanted to find. Yes. And now you just say, oh, I like this. And then oh. the computer says, then you'll like this too. Oh, see, and yeah. you're just like, oh, I do like this too. Thank you, computer. <laughs> I think a big problem is now uh, the way music is consumed is it's you don't, nobody, you don't buy albums. You buy a song. You like that song you heard on the radio and you don't give a shit what the other 12 tracks are that that artist put out necessarily. You don't collect yeah. it. Until yeah. they become a single as well, and you hear them on a radio somewhere. Uh, yeah. Whereas, like you yeah. said, we had to go and flip through. I remember I bought uh, the, an album, uh, Sight on Scene, just because I was like, oh, I know that band, and I liked it. And, you know, but that could have gone the other way. Like, I bought, I was one of the only people I know who owned Nirvana Incesticide, which came out after Nevermind. It was like B sides and uh, some live tracks recorded. But it was it was kind of like based on a studio dispute that they put it out because it wasn't uh, they were just trying to get out of a contract and get to their next one. But I was like, oh, Nirvana, how come nobody has this? I wasn't like, oh, I can go online and listen to the whole thing and decide if I like it for free because I've got Spotify. It's like, no, I rolled the dice or I didn't. And I got it and I fucking loved it. And I loved it top to bottom because I had to listen to the whole thing because I had already pumped 12 bucks into it. Right. Like it's it was just well, a, it was a different experience to acquire music. Yeah, I, I think that there's really something that's significant about kind of going through a full album, because if you don't hear the two songs, like if all you get is the two songs, well, fine, then you got the two songs. And of course, they're good because everybody likes them. But the thing is, you're not everybody. And you might like four of the other tracks that are on there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I really think that it's to the detriment of, of uh, uh, not Society. listening to an album. Well, really, I mean, if, if if we're in a situation where all you can do is buy the candy off the shelf, well, that's fine. But you might not actually see the entire assortment of things. And I, I really think that there's something to that. Like every single album that I bought, uh, I know maybe a song, but then I buy it and I listen. And then there's at least three or four that I think are just incredible. Uh, and then a lot of times it's it's maybe a track that features another artist. And then you're like, yeah. oh, well, what's this person? all about you know and i think that's yeah, I think almost there's... the case if you meet somebody like if like i'm a big pearl jam fan and if someone comes and talks to me about pearl jam they're like yeah i love alive i love black i love the radio tunes i'm like yeah those are cool i, I really like those yeah. too they're what got me hooked but if you ask me what i'm putting on when i put on my pearl jam playlist it's shit that didn't make the radio and i'm like oh i love this song so much better and almost everybody says that about their favorite band if they yeah. have one if they're you know of that personality where they have a band that they gravitate to uh, very rarely are they going to say like most Oasis fans probably who are Oasis fans throughout the whole career aren't going to say Wonderwall is their favorite song. They're going to give you something yeah. you probably haven't heard of if you don't know them outside of the radio and people are missing out on that experience by just uh, we've obviously gone down a big rabbit hole here, but by, you know, just grabbing that one song on Spotify and adding it to their favorites. And when it comes up, it comes up and fuck the rest of the catalog. Right. Fuck the world, possibly. <laughs> or you might say, nothing's left. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Uh, scruffy three-way, shaggy, or uh, <laughs> saggy two balls. Thank you guys very much for persevering through this. Um, you know, and and if anybody did kind of listen along to the, uh, the tracks there, and if it wasn't for you, hey, I, I appreciate you guys trying because um, – this is not for everybody. That is for what damn sure. What did you sure. think uh, of the sh- of the album, Jake Cardigan? I don't understand any of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not everyone's cup of fango, that's for sure. Jake Cardigan throwback. <laughs> um, 
All right. I, I do have nothing left. I, I appreciate you guys, both of you guys playing along with this. And I, you know, I'm honestly surprised how much of a positive review you guys have provided it. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear that. I'm glad that you were, uh, you know, big enough to drag us away from TV for an episode. Cause I really enjoyed this. Uh, that said, Ty, I think you're up. Oh, am I up? Okay. You're up. I am doing something a little different than what we've normally done as well. We are going to be doing a sampling of episodes from one of my favorite television shows of the early 2000s, a cult favorite, and topically something that's coming back into the news. Since the beginning of time, mankind has been forced to compete for survival. This spirit of competition has reached a pinnacle in the relationship of two best friends who battle against each other. Why? Glory for the winner. Humiliation for the loser. Kenny versus Spenny! Oh my god. Kenny versus Spenny. Uh, Kenny! <laughs> Spenny! Yeah, we're going to do... Here's what we're going to do. So these are um, all available on YouTube, thanks to Kenny Hotz. He has the rights to them, and he's put them on YouTube for free. Nice. Uh, I have chosen three episodes that I want us to do. And then I, because they're short, I would like you to choose a fourth that you can sort of bring to the podcast. If you have a favorite already, or if you look at the topics and like what you see, and you can pick one. Okay. Okay. So the three episodes that I'd like to talk about um, that I picked was um, Who is Cooler? <laughs> so hang on should you explain maybe a little bit more what kenny versus spenny is oh okay well the intro didn't uh, do it i guess for you well i, um, I, I mean <laughs> it's too gentle I, you know i don't want to get i don't want to make it the podcast right but it's it's a it's a show that started on cbc uh got a little crazy for cbc and then went to showcase and it's uh two guys in toronto who do competitions with each other and the loser is humiliated at the end of the show and we won't go into it deeper than that. By um, humiliated, real- you mean they have to perform a humiliating perform, task? Yeah, perform a humiliation. Yes. It's called a humiliation. And the other person, the winner, decides what the loser does. And so um, you can find – if you just type in Kenny versus Spenny on YouTube, you'll find all of them. Uh, Kenny Hotz uh, has hosted them on his YouTube channel. So who is cooler is one I'd like to watch. Okay. Who do disabled people like more? <laughs> And the third one we'll watch is who makes the most convincing woman. Okay. Okay. And so, then, yeah. and then watch a fourth one, or if you want, you can watch more than that, but watch another one and you pick it. From memory, I'm going to say, I'm going to watch. Uh, you don't who, have to pick. Yeah. I just want to do it now. Just I'll get it on record because I remember I owned the DVDs to the show at some point. I don't know where yeah, they me went. Too. Um, uh, who could stay up the longest was a personal favorite that I want to rewatch. No. Yeah, okay. Sure. But uh, yeah, Dan, uh, just go through them and take a look at one that interests you, piques your interest, and, okay. and watch watch and, one of you. And just so I'm clear, so because I was trying to look these up just to try to make it easier for folks, and I think you did a good job with Who Was Cooler. That's season three, episode seven. Who do disabled people like more? That's season five, episode nine. And then what was it? What was the last one? Who makes the most convincing woman? If I have to guess, I think that's a season two episode. Yeah, that's an early one. It might even be season one, but I I could be wrong. Makes the most. That's season one, episode eighteen. There you go. Wow, great, great freaking suggestion, Mr. Roberts. Looking forward to this. Awesome. Have you seen these, Dan, or no? I've seen a couple of them, and they made me okay, very cool. uncomfortable. So awesome. Perfect. I'm looking forward to more of that. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, can we wrap it up then or what do All we right, got? Yeah, I think as I host, it's officially my job to wrap it. So mm-hmm. do it. yes, yes, that's it. It's wrapped. Oh, wait, there's, there's, th- I don't have the credits and stuff. So let me just take a guess. Do you this. remember? Uh, no, because I don't see. Okay. So, uh, this is, don't remember the credits. This, is, this is written and produced by Ty Roberts, Craig Laporte, and myself, Dan Hurt. Music from this comes from, uh, Incompetech. No, your guy. Kevin McLeod. Ke- Kevin McLeod at music.io so there's he's got film another website music. yeah that's okay that's what it is film music dot um, fuck kevin mcleod just no, kidding it's no 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 <laughs> take it back no it's an icp thing okay jesus christ that was sound effects are from everything. sound effects <laughs> from zap splat and i would be remiss if i didn't say that time was also the best boy grip so the best. thank you um thank you guys for that and, uh, and i guess we'll talk to you guys soon I'll be the same. Bye, everybody. See ya. Somebody hit stop, goddammit. Bye. <laughs> How Gotta long give is me a this? space to fade it out, you jackasses. No. Oh. <laughs>Swam, traveled, cried, passed, chopped, laid, can, melt. Craig, are you having a stroke?